What did Jesus believe about the Old Testament scriptures? We're continuing our study on the authority of the Bible, and we find Jesus making a strong expression after his resurrection. There were two disciples who were walking along the road near the village of Emmaus, which was a few miles from Jerusalem, and they were talking to each other about the things that had taken place about Jesus' crucifixion. And Jesus approached them. Their eyes were prevented from recognizing him, and he said to them, What are these things that you are exchanging with one another as you are walking? And they stood still, looking sad. And one of them, named Cleopas, answered and said to him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem and unaware of the things which have happened here in these days? And he said to them, What things? And they said to him, The things about Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet mighty in deed and word in the sight of God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him up to the sentence of death and crucified him. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this, it is the third day since these things happened. But also some women among us amazed us when they were at the tomb early in the morning and did not find his body. They came, saying that they had also seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. And some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just exactly as the women had said. But him they did not see. And then Jesus said to these two disciples on that road, O foolish men, and slow of heart, to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary for the Christ to suffer these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and with all the prophets, he explained to them the things concerning himself in all the scriptures. Well, then Jesus disappeared. And later those two disciples returned to Jerusalem and they found the eleven apostles gathered together. And they reported how the Lord had appeared to them. And suddenly the Lord appeared in that room also to all those men. And he said something else about the scriptures. He said in verse 44 of Luke 24, these are my words, which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things which are written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and rise again from the dead the third day, and that repentance and forgiveness of sin should be proclaimed in his name to all the nations beginning from Jerusalem. You are his witnesses of these things. That's what Jesus told those men. Ah, he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. Which scriptures? Law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. All the things that were written in there about this coming Messiah, the Christ, he said, must be fulfilled. And so he was amazed that men would not believe the very scriptures they claimed to believe. People today don't want to believe the Bible either. 
They doubt many of the miracles. They even doubt that Jesus was God the Son. But he claimed to be, and either he is or he is a deceiver. Now, what might Jesus have taught those disciples? When it says, he began with Moses and with all the prophets, he explained to them the things concerning himself and all the scriptures. Well, in yesterday's program, I suggested that he probably started with Deuteronomy chapter 18, where God spoke to Moses and told him that he would raise up another prophet like Moses from among the people and that he would put his words in that new prophet's mouth. And that new prophet would bring a message, and he said the people should listen to the new prophet. Ah, this was a revelation that was coming, something which Moses had not spoken about. It took a new prophet from God to bring that revelation, and we know that revelation to be our New Testament. The teachings of Jesus, which he gave himself, the teachings of Jesus, which he gave to the apostles and the prophets in the New Testament, and the vision, which he gave the apostle John about future things. These are the teachings of the new prophet. But Jesus also went through the prophets, it says, when he taught those disciples. Which prophets? Well, I can understand that he must have gone to Isaiah chapter 53, where we read about the suffering Messiah. Listen to it. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and familiar with suffering, like one from whom men hide their faces. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows, Yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth by oppression and judgment. He was taken away, and who can speak of his descendants? He was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgression of my people he was stricken. I feel confident that Jesus discussed that scripture when he taught those two disciples on the road to Emmaus. I think probably he also went to the book of Zechariah and talked to them about the shepherd and the thirty pieces of silver in chapter 11. Listen to it. In verse 13 we read, And the Lord said to me, quote, Throw it to the potter, the handsome price at which they priced me. So I took the thirty pieces of silver and threw them into the house of the Lord to the potter. You might ask, what does that have to do with Jesus? Well, if you turn to the book of Matthew, chapter 26, here's what we read in verse 14. Then one of the twelve, the one called Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priests and asked, 
What are you willing to give me if I hand him over to you? So they counted out for him thirty silver coins. From then on, Judas watched for an opportunity to hand him over. Well, Judas got his money, but he didn't keep it long. Because early in the morning, all the chief priests and the elders of the people came to the decision to put Jesus to death, and they bound him and led him away and handed him over to Pilate the governor. And then Judas understood that he had betrayed the Son of God, and he was seized with remorse and returned the thirty silver coins to the chief priests and the elders, saying, I have sinned, for I have betrayed innocent blood. And they said, What is that to us? That's your problem. So Judas threw the money into the temple and left, and then he went away and hanged himself. The chief priest picked up those coins and said, It's against the law to put this into the treasury, since it is blood money. So they decided to use the money to buy the potter's field as a burial place for foreigners. That is why it has been called the field of blood to this day. Then what was spoken by the prophet was fulfilled. They took the thirty silver coins, the price set on him by the people of Israel, and they used them to buy the potter's field, as the Lord commanded me. When Jesus was with those disciples, I can imagine him saying, My very crucifixion was foretold in the Old Testament, and they might have said, Where? And he would have pointed them to Psalm 22. And he said, Did you hear my words? On that cross, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? David wrote that in verse 1 of Psalm 22. And did you see how they pierced my hands and my feet when they nailed me to the cross? That also was written by David in Psalm 22. And did you see, while I was on that cross, how they divided my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots? That was written by David in Psalm 22. And he might have pointed out that what Judas did was also prophesied. Where? In Psalm 41, verse 9. It says, Even my close friend, in whom I trusted, who ate my bread, has lifted up his heel against me. But thou, O Lord, be gracious to me, and raise me up. And did God raise him up? He did, as it was written in Psalm 16, verse 10, where David wrote, You will not leave my soul in hell, neither will you allow my body to see corruption. And he also wrote in Psalm chapter 2 about the resurrection. Verse 7 reads, I will surely tell of the decree of the Lord. He said to me, Thou art my son, today I have begotten thee. Ask of me, and I will surely give the nations as thine inheritance, and the very ends of the earth as thy possession. This refers to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. What a Bible study that must have been when Jesus met with those disciples, going through those passages, quoting the passages to these disciples, so that they might understand that all those things were written ahead of time, and they happened just as the prophets said they would. There was the prophecy about Jesus' birth, that a virgin would conceive and bring forth a son. 
and she will call his name Emmanuel. And I suppose that Jesus also taught them about his coming kingdom. It was foretold in Isaiah chapter 9. For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. There will be no end to the increase of the government or his peace. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness from then on and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. And those disciples might have asked Jesus, Well, over who will you rule? The people of Israel have rejected you. And he might have pointed them to Zechariah chapter 12, where Zechariah wrote, I will pour out on the house of David and the inhabitants of Jerusalem a spirit of compassion and supplication, so that when they look on him whom they have pierced, they shall mourn. The day is coming when Israel will recognize that Jesus is the anointed one of God, the one that the Jewish prophets wrote about, and they'll accept him and believe in him. The Radio Bible Course is an independent Bible teaching ministry conducted by volunteers. It has no payroll and is supported by listeners. Their gifts help pay for our free publications, one of which is Heaven's Password. It's free. Write for a copy. Until tomorrow, this is Nick Calavoda reminding you that the word gospel means good news. Our address is Radio Bible Courses, Post Office Box 149. 16 Baton Rouge, Louisiana, 70898. The website is rbcword.org.